When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Creator Tray Podcast. Uh, this will be my first or second podcast back. And today I have CFO of the 3T Warrior Academy and head of the Age of Radio Podcast group. It's uh, Jeremy uh, Quintanilla, right? Yeah, that is correct, Trey. All right. Um, and even if you said it wrong, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> so would you care to tell our audience a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So um, as you had mentioned, I am the CFO of a business called 3T Warrior Academy. I'm also the co-founder of it. It started as a fitness center located in Mesa, Arizona. And then we created our 3T Warrior Academy, where we help individuals with motivation, health, life. Um, There's fitness in there. There is cryptocurrency. There's generational wealth building. It is essentially a one all-stop shop to getting your life together and moving forward and being part of an amazing community. Um, and uh, we also have with the 3T Warrior Academy, we also have an X royalty project, which is an NFT project, which gives people premier access to events that we're doing. Um, Age of Radio is a podcast network mainly right now, but I'm working on some other things. It's a podcast network for everybody to be a part of anybody can join it and we try to help them grow their podcast. Um, I've kind of taken a little bit of a backseat on it. Um, at, at least trying to grow new podcasts on it. I'm trying to grow the ones that are existing on it or there's over a hundred podcasts on it. And then we also have our addicted to podcasting Facebook group, which is part of that. But I guess for me, myself, a little bit more about me, I'm from May, uh, Phoenix, Arizona, although our businesses are in Mesa, Arizona. And I um, have a did a lot of time in schooling. I have a bachelor's in finance, a bachelor's in accounting, a master's in business administration, and eventually one day I hope to go back and get a PhD of some sort. But who knows what will happen? Um, yeah, is there anything else you want me to dive in about myself personally? Um, well, we'll we'll be getting to that. Okay, um, perfect. <laughs> so between the Warrior Academy and Age of Radio and uh, some of the stuff you didn't mention, like uh, blockheads and stuff like that, seems yeah. like you wear a lot of hats. Um, what's it like being part of so many incredible projects? So one, I'm very grateful to be a part of all the projects. People believe in me and ask me to be a part of them. Um, it is very, very important wearing multiple hats, like you had said, to focus on uh, ways to be more efficient uh better at planning and being able to manage time really effectively so my days are usually about 10 to 12 hours on average sometimes you know yesterday was a a, a much longer day it was about a 16 hour day um and so with that um it can be it can it's it can be frustrating at times i'm not going to lie having so many hats doing so many things for instance like you said for blockheads i usually do where I'm helping build out the customer support stuff. I'm doing like trying to figure out the marketing stuff. Um, and then, you know, kind of 
those are my main two things. And then I do legal stuff for the blockheads. And if people don't know, blockheads is essentially like a, uh, it's a software company and the, the app that we're making is Merlin. Um, if anybody wants to check it out, they can go to uh, MerlinCrypto.com. but it's a coin. It's like a, it's like a coin tracker, but it'll, it's more innovative than that as it allows you to track your daily gains and losses. And it also allows you to, set exit strategies and, and be notified when your coins hit those targets. Uh, but so, so that's what I kind of do with that. And then age of radio, I try to do everything because it's me and just a few other people, family members that help me with that. Uh, and then three, two warrior Academy. I do, you know, a lot of the legal stuff, the compliance stuff, the HR stuff, the strategy stuff, the finance stuff. So it's really about blocking out time and being very, very mindful and diligent with the amount of hours that you have. That, makes absolute sense i love the name merlin by the way if we can uh step onto that that just reminds like i'm very big into wizards and stuff like that so the name merlin is very familiar to me yeah no absolutely and that was kind of like so uh john rotundo who was the founder of blockheads he goes by uh uh, uh, uh johnny crypto he's a guest on the good morning crypto show that we have and he um he thought of it because he's a big fan of the movie King Arthur. But then like when we designed, um, when our head lead design person looked at the designing for the Merlin logo, we kind of tried to move it away from like a theme of wizardry or like medieval things and kind of make it more like a modern tech feel to compete with some of the other companies that are out there from a brand perspective. And so one of the strategies and goals that I'm focusing on is trying to make it where when people hear Merlin in the future, they don't think of Merlin, the wizard or King Arthur. They only think of the app that we've created. Um, and so hopefully that gets a that, that works. And then Merlin becomes the household name, the app, not the, the, you know, the, the wizard and the King Arthur um, canon. but yeah. So, the, so Johnny thought of that and he, he did a really good job with that. And the, the team did a really good job with the branding. That sounds awesome. Now, you do a lot of uh, content creation, first of which is your uh, podcast, which from what I've, from the episodes that I've listened to, it's very topical, as well as things that you, that occur to you. How do you think of topics for your podcast? So, so, so I try to think of topics for the podcast of things that are like, either going on in my life or things that I'm thinking of. And so one of the things that's difficult about content creation um, it, at least for the, the way that I do my content creation is I don't try to niche or like, I don't like try to niche down or niche down. Like I just talk about the things that are going on in my life. And then I try to share those things. So like, for instance, this week, maybe I'll talk about, you know, doing this podcast interview. Um, you know, I'll talk about some of the stress that I've ran into this week and dealing with stress with having so much stuff to do. Um, and then try to give like pointers and tips on things that I try to do to make it better for, you know, better for for me moving forward um so so i try to incorporate that and then that's where i kind of get the ideas is like looking back at things that i would want to know or things that i've had to deal with or struggle with and then try to come up with solutions and try to present that to people for the podcast and then the other thing that i try to do and i don't do it very well um is um try to get people to do some stuff like this to have interviews um i got on a pretty good cadence in the last part of the year of last year and then it kind of fell off um and so now 
I have a show that I do inside of one of our, in my Facebook group, Addicted to Podcasting. And so in that group, I do like a thing called a showcase. And so, um, in fact, I we can do one with you, Trey, here next month if you want, um, where I kind of talk to people. So what I've been doing is I've been taking some of that content and, and repurposing it as a second podcast during the week. Because one of the things that I find when it comes to content is you want to you don't want to over date people with a, so much stuff, but you still need it to be coming out on a basis where you still stay front and center for people throughout the week because people tend to forget social media people very quick and, and they move on to a new thing. So you kind of have to have this rhythm of being in front of people as much as possible, but not like like destroying their feed with tons and tons and tons of stuff nonstop. Um, yeah, so... Uh, but as far as the podcast goes, that's usually what I do or it's it's or what it is. Some of the topics that I think of is like what I learned in business, you know, like, for instance, one of the things that I've been looking at is how I've been efficient with my time. And so being more efficient with my time, as we had alluded to wearing so many hats, like on this next podcast, maybe I'll even talk about, you know, how I went back to structuring my time, managing my time, managing my outlook. Um, and then talk about that and then eventually try to take some of those those learnings and then put them into YouTube and and grow my YouTube channel. That's awesome. I like the idea of being consistent enough that they uh, remember that you're there and yet not doing it and then providing value all all the not overwhelming them and then providing value all the while. Um, yeah, and it's a it's a hard balance, too. I mean, it's not an easy feat. Easy feat, in my opinion, especially too. The also staying consistent can be very difficult when you have so much stuff going on. So you kind of have to get in a pattern that, like, okay, at this time I'm going to do a post, and then go back to work, and then being reminded, okay, I need to go do a post, or to get really good at scheduling all of your posts. You know, so like for for Three Two Warrior Academy, we schedule most of the posts out because there's a team that helps with a lot of that with John's content and with Brenda. But at the beginning, when John was just doing, it was just like, okay, at this time I got to do a post at this time, I got to do a post at this time. I got to do a post. And it just becomes this like regular basis of things that you get used to. And then and that's where kind of the, that's what I would say is the difficult part is just staying consistent in anything. And I think that that's one of the main keys to any type of success is just remaining consistent, even when it gets ridiculously boring. Absolutely. That is one of the things that I'm working on uh, doing. I'm going to have, I'm going to try to have, no, I am going to have <laughs> uh, uh, 48 podcasts released this year. So we should be up to episode 60 by the end of the year. Nice. You can totally do it. And I did that too. I mean, I was in the same boat as you, Trey, because I would go so inconsistent on my podcast. It would be like, I would do 28 one year and like then months would go by and then I try to do and now like getting in a consistent rhythm where there's one a week. So that's 52 at least this year. Then I'm trying to do one, another one throughout the week. So that should be a hundred and something. And so, I mean, it just, it's literally going to take, it takes time one. And then the second thing is you, people want, People, a lot of the times when they're doing content, they want, they think because, because it's their content that everybody's going to love it. And maybe people do love it, but not everybody gets in front of it right away. So it can take years over years of growing and growing, especially if you were nobody, if not saying that, like, I'm a nobody, not saying that, but like, if you were not a social media or famous person before in some capacity, then it's much more difficult to get a podcast going. But if you were like a Joe Rogan 
in the 90s and in the early 2000s and you then you start a podcast well you already have a following and people already know who you are so that podcast can can get more traction but when you are someone who doesn't have any of that or is starting out it can take a lot of time so people end up getting discouraged because of their podcast not growing but it just takes time and then making sure that you're using other avenues to get it in front of people Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to, if you don't mind, Jeremy, I'm going to go ahead and take a little bit of time here to say, if you like this content, go ahead and subscribe to this podcast. We are on any podcast platform you prefer. And then secondly, I am starting a uh, creativity and creative working newsletter. You can go to my profile at linktree.com or link.tree.creatortray. Uh, I'll link it down below. Um, and you can sign up and get weekly emails on that as well. So that's awesome. <laughs> thank you. So moving on to some more uh, spiritual matters, you've mentioned a few times on TikTok as well as in the academy that you practice esoteric Buddhism. Um, I don't know that many people here in the U.S. have heard much more about Buddhism than Zen Buddhism. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so so I so I do as best so esoteric. So let me just kind of kind of clear some of that up because I, I I do say that specifically. So I do my best to practice esoteric Buddhism, but I also try to practice many other esoteric esoteric things as well. Um, Shingon Buddhism is a little bit difficult to practice. Um, fully in the sense that there are like regular level um, lay people things that you can do. Okay. And so, so there's regular lay people. And then usually if you have like someone who like someone who can teach you, they can teach you some of like the inner, the inner workings of things like that. But essentially the way that most esoteric practices and even works in esoteric Buddhism is that the thought process is there are certain things and practices that you can do now right in our life today that will result in you becoming a buddha faster and possibly even becoming a buddha in this lifetime or at the end of this lifetime where there's lots of other buddhisms where it takes these years of karm you know karmic um cleansing i guess that then gets you up the scale up the stage and then you can essentially ascend to buddhism or a lot of things now with mahayana buddhism um which is a branch of buddhism where you can or you can, you know, have compassion or um, you can take refuge in certain Buddhas, specifically Amida Buddha. And when you pass away, you can go to their pure land and then you can be free to, you know, become enlightened or do whatever it is that you need to do in that time. And it makes it it makes it easier. But essentially, essentially, Shingon Buddhism um, is very, in a sense, a practical systematic way of doing things like chanting the Heart Sutra, re um uh, drawing the heart sutra, studying the, um, the, um, uh, Lotus sutra, uh, understanding the Mahavo Rakana sutra. Um, and so when you look at some of those practices, there's a lot of like meditation, there's visualizations on like the letter a, um, in, um, in the Indian alphabet or in the Sanskrit alphabet. And so you practice those things. And what it essentially does is by doing those, those practices, you're like kind of moving yourself closer to a Buddhism in this life. And then they have other hidden practices that you have to like have a, you know, someone kind of walk you through and teach you if they have like a fire cleansing ritual. Um, and then there, there's all other kinds of stuff. But essentially, it's it's a way to it is a way to do actual practical things 
in this life that moves you into enlightenment in this life. That makes sense. There's a lot there. Um, yeah, there was a lot there. That's why I was, that's why I was like, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to fully answer this because it opens up a lot of weird questions. Like what is my Hayana Buddhism? What is the difference between that? And, and, um, and, uh, um, and, um, uh, it's called like, I'm looking at the word right now. Cause I, I can never remember how to pronounce it, but it's like Vajrayana. So it's V A J R A Y A N A which is an esoteric practice of Buddhism. But then like in Mahayana Buddhism, as opposed to Vajrayana Buddhism, there are things that like kind of bleed over into each other, especially if you do different schools in J- Japan. So the, so the thing about Buddhism and what's really cool about Buddhism is there's a path for everybody. And so that's what makes it so exciting for me is that it doesn't matter if you like esoteric practices or if you like, you know, like praying practices and things like that. There's something where you can get something out of Buddhism and, and, but Shingon's a very hard topic to kind of answer in a very short, short way. So my apologies, Trey. <laughs> no worries. I was actually just going to, because this leads on to my next question, but I had another question that popped up. So the Buddhas in the way that you kind of talked about them, are they a bit like saints in um, the Catholic church? Yeah. So, so you can think of, so there's bodhisattvas and then there's Buddhas and all of them can act like saints in a sense. So when you, when you have saints in the Catholic church, there's saints that do certain things for you essentially. Right. And so you pray to those certain saints because maybe one of them can heal you, or maybe one of them can help you with whatever their, whatever their archetype or attributes are for those saints. And you invoke them through the prayer or through whatever the saying is for any of the saints. Right. And so Buddhism works very, very similar, right? So you have mantras. So, um, uh, so, so a mantra, like a wealth mantra, right? So you don't think of Buddhism with wealth a lot of the times, but Buddhism's do Buddha practices do deal with wealth. And so like, there is a practice out there that would be kind of like an esoteric practice where you have a mantra. It's Om Jambala Jalandre Savaha or Soha. And so you sit there and you say that over and over and over and over and over and over again. And it's like giving refuge to what's called the Jambala or to um, a a human version. Well, in this case, it's a human version of another Buddha, almost like Jesus is like a reincarnation of, you know, or a carnation of uh, God, right? Or incarnation of God. And so, so it works very, very similar like that. So then you can do things like not, if you've ever heard me say, or type, you may or may not have seen this, but I say Namo Amida Butsu a lot. That means I take refuge in Amida Buddha and it's like a compassion thing. And it's like something, it's like a sentence or word that doesn't, it has many, many different meanings. Like if a dog dies, you know, if someone has to put a dog down, namo amida butsu. But if there's joy, if something good happens, namo amida butsu. It's this saying that like kind of reemphasizes Buddhism in us when any of these things happen to kind of say, okay, it's okay. That's part of life. This is a cyclical thing. And so you start to can say the nembutsu or namo amida butsu over and over. And it's a really big, it's a, it's a, for one of the larger practices. Um. So, so yeah, so they work very similar to the saints and lots of them have a mantra that you pray like, kind of pray to the Bodhisattva or the Buddha, or you say the mantra, and then it's supposed to say like the uh, green Tara mantra. Um, I can't remember exactly what it is, but that's for like protection or health. You can chant that and, 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 and like, I guess, worship the green Tara and it'll give you that, that whatever it is that they do. That makes, well, I can't say if that makes sense. That's really (laughs) very, very into it. Um, 
yeah on tiktok i remember you mentioning a book called i believe it was called the mahabharata i hope i did not murder that. no no it's it's my it's a maivo rakana or and then i'm murdering i'm butchering it too so we're both saying it <laughs> like we're both saying it incorrectly yeah so it's it's a it's a text of the Virokana um buddha and and inside of it it talks about different esoteric practices and that's where a lot of the shingon buddha's teachings come from is from that Virokana sutra and worshiping Virokana buddha um and and again like i said so if you so i'm not fully like all just a shingon buddhist i like taking things from everywhere that's what that's like what esoteric like um esoteric practices usually do so they kind of try to take things from everywhere and they use them as they need them so like there's other you know different types of things that i I can do or would do to kind of have other things happen in life Um, but anyways but yes that's what you're it's but it's the my virokana sutra or mahavirokana sutra and it's about virokana buddha which is like a he's like a universal buddha above buddha so it gets oh. really it can get really complicated and weird. like we could have a whole conversation about this for hours right? we would still imagine. we would still probably not understand all of it not saying you would we wouldn't understand all of it yeah so if people are interested in the stuff that you mentioned today that would be a good place to start yeah so i would start if they're interested in more more ritualistic practices um the virokana sutra is a really really good place to start or mahavirokana sutra um and uh, or the Tendai, or, I'm sorry, or the Lotus Sutra. Both of the Virokana Sutra is a lot easier to read than the Lotus Sutra, in my opinion. The Lotus Sutra is like textually easier to read, like it's easier to read, but it's much more difficult to understand what's trying to come across. There's lots of like, um, so essentially, so essentially, the reason why the Lotus Sutra is so important is because it talks about the ability to where the Buddha changed the story of how to become enlightened based off of the person that he was talking to. And so which makes it very interesting to say that there's not one way to become a Buddha. There's lots of different ways based off of who you are. So 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 someone might like doing ritualistic practices like I do. Someone may hate that. So is that to say that that person can't become enlightened because they don't have the um, propensity or the ability to do even the ritual practices? Or maybe someone, you know, can't, you know, can't hear. And so maybe it doesn't make sense for them to do things that have to do with sound. So is that person not allowed to, is, is that person... Does that person forfeit being able to become enlightened? Well, no, there's lots of different ways to do it, right? If someone doesn't have the, and again, I don't mean this in a bad, in a, in a negative, bad way at all. Maybe someone doesn't have the intellectual capacity to do a bunch of religious, you know, um, ritualistic things like memorizing text or learning a different language. So should that person be forfeit becoming enlightened in this life no and so when the buddha became enlightened he was he was given all of this knowledge from all of the buddhas and all of different realms and all of these different things and so when he went and taught he taught it in ways that made sense for the person that he was speaking to and that's what the lotus sutras tries to encompass um but the way that it does it it's just a little it's a little weird (laughs) but it, 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 it it so so i would i would recommend that um that um and then the dhammapada uh, and so it's it's dhammapada uh, d h a m p p a m d a or something I, if i'm 
probably spelling it wrong. Um, but that's like those, that's the actual text of the Buddha. Like it, those are things that the Buddha actually said, like that we historically believe the Buddha actually talked about. The other things were things that we can't a hundred confirm percent confirm that it came from the Buddha. We believe that it came from the Buddha because a lineage like the Lotus Sutra and the viral con well, the viral con sutra kind of comes from the Buddha, but from a different Buddha. Um, and so when we look at that. You know, when we think of the Dhammapada, that's also a really good place to start. Or you could look at the um, Jakarta tales, which are like stories that the Buddha told that have to do with the different lives that he lived um, and what he learned from them. That is. Yeah, Trey, there's so much we could. I'm sorry. Like, I know, that, I know that, that was probably not the point of this, but I could go. You can go so many directions. It's so hard to pinpoint where someone should start with Buddhism. Um and I think that that's why a lot of people choose Zen Buddhism a lot of the time, because Zen Buddhism is just sitting and meditating. <laughs> I mean, they, they have the Diamond Sutra that goes with with Zen Buddhism. But other than that, it it it's very straightforward on what you're doing. <laughs> I just think it's incredible that there are all these systems that I don't think a lot of people give a lot of thought to have so much depth to them. Yeah. And one of the things my grandma's Catholic, so I've learned a lot of stuff that's Catholic about saints and stuff. Yeah. And like some of that stuff. Hmm, I don't want to get too off topic here. <laughs> <laughs> like that kind of stuff is very, very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And it gets really deep. And a lot of people, and that's because a lot of the times, you know, you lay people like regular like just regular day people that aren't interested in going super deep into that stuff they're still looking for like an answer and so i think most religions have a top layer right where there's just like i go to church i i do my hail marys i go home or i go to church and the pastor or you know that would be catholic or i go to like a lutheran church or protestant church or something and we sing and we dance and then like you know, they tell a sermon and we go home. But then like, if you go, even if you went to like Christian or wherever, if you deep dive into it, you start to find that there's different layers of the way in which people practice those faiths and they get deeper and deeper and deeper. And then that's where the knowledge comes from. And so that's why it's difficult for me sometimes when I'm, when, when I talk to anybody about it is because esoteric practices, they, 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 on the surface layer, people think a lot of those things are bad or evil, right? But like when you start getting into the saints and the ritualistics of Catholicism or the rituals that go into Mormonism and the inner layings of Mormonism or any of that, that's, those are good things for some people. It doesn't mean it's for all people and that's perfectly okay. Right. So, yep. That is awesome. I don't have any more questions for you today, Jeremy. Is there anything you'd like to promote or anything you'd like to talk about before we end off? Um, no, I just, uh, I encourage everybody who's listening to this to follow and go to Trey's newsletter. Cause he's a very bright person. And it's very, very, um, uh, you're very passionate about what you're doing. So I hope that people can get that knowledge from you and have access to you one. Um, and then I appreciate you having me on this, uh, uh, podcast. We should do it again. We should do more of these together. i can sit we can sit we should schedule one where we just sit and talk about whatever or we can do that on my podcast or whatever um so um no i appreciate that just uh we have our x royalty nft if you go to xroyalty.io you can learn about the nft project that we have the benefit of uh, buying one of the nfts or purchasing one of the nfts um and then make sure to follow if you go to xroyalty.io look at the light paper you can purchase the nft through xrp cafe 
cafe. And if you would, and then also make sure that you join our 3T Warrior Academy Discord so you can get updates on things that are happening. And it's free to join that Discord. Um, just the purchasing comes from uh, buying the NFT. All right. Thank you, Jeremy. And to everyone else, thank you for listening to the Creator Trade Podcast. Have a wonderful rest of your week, and I'll see you next Friday.